0: I will not stop teaching you until you hear God. Clear and distinct. Now, let me take you through a bit of reflection. How can a man hear God? Number one, a man must be born again to hear Him. Continuously. I know that those who, did not, who are not born again, the Father speaks to them sometimes in their minds. And I know that sometimes the Lord will speak audibly to a person who is not born again for the purpose of getting him saved. But I'm talking about a person being in a place where the Father talks with him and reveals things to him. And he can understand and he can hear. 1 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 2, which is the key scripture. The first thing is this. If you are born again, it is your right to hear your Father all the time. Settle that in your heart. Now, let me, before we go into further, there are a lot of Christians who always have reflection of their sins and their past. And they allow that to determine whether the Scripture is to be fulfilled over them. I want to show you something here. The thing that qualifies a man to hear God <clears throat> it's your love for Christ. Not your ability of perfection. Are we together now? For everyone who is born again, your sins are forgiven. They had been forgiven. Look at the book of Romans chapter 4, verse 7 and verse 8. Because I picked that up in my spirit, and the Holy Spirit told me to clear this, so that every one of us can ride on the, on the wing of the Spirit tonight. Really, this month. In that Romans, it says, Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven. How many of you are blessed like that? Raise your hand to me. Your transgressions are forgiven. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible tells me that you are sinless. It doesn't have to do with the mistakes you make. You are sinless. And you must know that. You see, you must believe that, not because you think so. You must believe that because that's what the Bible says. It is not easy for someone who is a debtor, a great debtor, to hear that his debt has been paid. The bank calls him and says that, oh, your mortgage has been paid off and you have a mortgage of $450,000. And said, no, no, it's not paid for. Because you know you didn't have any money. And the bank said that, well, according to our records, your mortgage has been paid for. Even when the bank writes you that it has been paid, you will write them back that you must make a mistake. Because in the normal life sense, somebody has to pay that money. All right? And if they write you back that, you will tell them that I didn't pay any money. That's what you will say. You will write back. You will never think that, oh, it has been done. No, because it's, it's abnormal. Sometimes banks make mistakes. And your fear will be that, ah, if I go and say yes now, and in the future they catch me again and say that I haven't paid. You will try to convince the bank that you didn't pay such money. But the day the bank will say to you that, yeah, you didn't pay, it really it was paid by J.P. Morgan. You say, oh, I didn't work for J.P. Morgan. Oh, the bank writes you and says that J.P. Morgan just decided to come to the bank and they at random selected some few people that they want to just pay their debt. And your name was selected. That is when you will have confidence. Alright? Because now what they are saying is logical. So is sin. When Jesus paid the price for sins for man, it is not logical for man to understand it. The mind of man still remembers his past. Like a debtor remembers his debts. The understanding of man still recognizes that you don't have the ability to be perfect. That is the reason why he paid the price. The understanding of man is that I am still prone to mistakes. I still make some mistakes. There are things I don't want to do. I still get myself in and out again. But the fact is that he paid the price. Jesus paid the price. So when I talk about the word of God, therefore, it's only for those who love him. He's not talking about Mr. Perfect here. He's talking about people who love God and who just accept that God had done what he said he has done. That Bible tells me that blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, which means that a person that God has forgiven can never be cursed by anybody. Because God had blessed you. Alright? And it says whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sins the Lord will never count against him. So get this clear. The Lord never counts your sins against you. huh. So that it is not your sin that determines what I am about to show you. It is your love for Christ. Go to 1 Corinthians 2 then so therefore in first corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 it says however it is written no eye have seen no ear has had no mind has conceived what god has prepared for those who love him so if you love the lord you only need to increase in your love for christ let me say this to you the more you love the lord the farther away from sin you, your life is the more you love god the farther away you are from the natural mistakes that people make. It is not turning towards God in love that causes everything that human beings commit. All the things of the flesh come when a man's love is not really hanging on God. So, once you turn your eyes towards the Lord to really love the Lord, then you are on the pathway for the fact that you said yes to him, there are things that he has stored for you, which your eyes should see. A Christian is not supposed to be having nightmare. It is wrong. It is wrong. It is very wrong. Your ears should not be hearing strange voices when you are born again. Jesus says, "My sheep hear my voice; the voice of stranger, they will not follow." So, if you are born again. You are not supposed to hear voices. It's it's just not possible. So if somebody is hearing voices, what does the person need to do? To go on his knees wherever he is and really weep before God and say, Lord Jesus, I give my life to you. I surrender my heart to you. When you connect to the Father, the word of God prevails. He will rebuke the voices because you are now turned towards him. You don't need any deliverance from anybody. For if the Son therefore make you free, you are free indeed. Okay. So, it says, No eye have seen, no ears have heard, and no mind has conceived. So, the three parts of us that can communicate to heaven, our sight, our hearing, and our mind. Now, for the mind to be educated to the place of hearing, because God prepared it, <coughs> okay, Then the next verse says, God has revealed this to us by His Spirit. So it means that if it is by His Spirit, in your spirit are many information that your mind has not tapped into. Because it says, God has revealed it. It is say God will reveal it. Let me say something to you. Your spirit carries mystery of God. And you are not supposed to be in dark over any aspect of life. Alright, now let me help us to understand two things here. During the Holy Ghost Convention, I was helping you to understand why verse 16 says, in that same scripture, who has known the mind of God that he may instruct him, but you have the mind of Christ. Which means that if a person has the mind of Christ, He can instruct God, not command him. All right? Because who has known the mind of God that he may instruct him? But you have the mind of Christ. All right? So if you have the mind of Christ, therefore, you are the one who knows the mind of God. And if you know the mind of God, you can tell God what is in his mind to do and he will do it. Are we together now? Because you remember that verse 12 tells us that we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God that we may understand what God had freely given. Isn't it? So if we have received the spirit that comes from God for the purpose that we may understand what God has given. And verse 16 says that we have the mind of Christ. Which means that for us to know God's mind, we have to turn to the mind of Christ in us. Anytime we operate the mind of Christ in us, we know what God has really given. The problem of believers is our ability to operate the mind of Christ. And I think I will give you a few things that can do that. There is spontaneous. There are some actions that you can take that you will get into it. And you can get in and come out of it. Which is by gifting. Gifting. But the better way to it is to tune your heart to the things above rather than being carnally minded. Now, the rituals I gave you as exercise to observe the hours of prayer is a discipline that can help your mind to be seen. If you have to pray every three hours. Are we together now? If you pray every three hours, you will discover yourself praying also within the hour. And it will be very much easier for you to discern when the devil is trying to stir up somebody against you, you quickly sniff that off so that you won't commit. But when we are away from regular praying, we will we will do a much in our carnality that will hinder our ability to operate in the mind of Christ. Are we together now? I'm talking about people who can come to the place whereby they look at you and they just tell you some things about you. They, you have educated yourself, acquainted yourself by training, godly training, so that your heart is spiritual all the time. And that is why we can read through the life of people or look at someone and understand what is going on in his mind. Not discernment now I'm talking about. I'm talking about communication with God all the time. God telling you things that is not your business. But the second way we can get it is by prayer. A person who prays regularly will draw angels because he will soon pray. Angels must attend every prayer under heaven. When somebody prays all the time, angels always visit him regularly as he prays. Now, if that prayer person, their mind now begins to draw towards God. And their prayer is prayer of inquiry. Okay? They are always praying the scriptures. Inquiring more from God. Then the angels one day will just reveal himself. Because you set your heart to gain understanding. Daniel chapter 9. Do we get it now. So a man of prayer easily will see. Acts chapter 10. Peter and Cornelius. See, that's the reason why Satan fights against us a lot when it comes to prayer. We can do many things easy, but when we decide to be praying regularly, the devil will try to engage you. Maybe when you want to pray, somebody will phone. You don't need to carry that phone. No. If that phone is a job for you, that job will call you back. I've had that before. The first job I got in England, it came like that. Hour of prayer 3, wanted to pray and the telephone rang. And I ignored it. We finished praying. The telephone rang again. Oh, we were we were looking for you. Can you come for an interview? No, 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 no. no. I've, been, I've been for interview. The telephone that rang is that, oh, well, we're offering you how much was it? Was it 18,000? Uh, and at that time, 18,000, that was 1992 or something like that. It was big money. And so I began to worry what shall I do? What shall I do? And when I was bringing all my books to, rev- to revise in surveying, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me Are you the one who got the job for yourself? Go. No, it was interview. It was interview. So you go. Then it was in that interview they offered me eighteen thousand. I did eighteen thousand pounds job for two weeks. I decided to walk away from it. When I walked away from it, they called me back. Say, oh, we are so sorry. We underpaid you. We know that we paid you. You are worth more than that. I said, no. Where you sent me? I'm sleeping when I'm going to the work. On the road. I said, okay. We have another job. It was Farnham. It looks like, you know, far place then. Then I said, we have another job in Croydon, the flume center. Oh, I said, Croydon, I will go and do it. I said, okay, we'll pay you 25. Okay? But it was when I was praying that the telephone rang. When you want to pray, you don't be talking to God and talk to man or answer man. If you are talking to God, you want to talk to God for 30 minutes, spend it 30 minutes. If you want to talk to God for 10 minutes, spend the 10 minutes. What would not be ideal for God is that somebody does not recognize who He is. You are before Him and you are attending to other things. He's very, very rude to God. And really, it happens to a mind that truly didn't love God. There are people who pray to God all the time. Their, Their prayer is to get something from God. Don't pray that kind of prayer. Many things that people pray for are things that are promised to God's people for an act. Let me give you an example. Harvest. A man who is front-looking will always have harvest. Because you said in the book of John 4, a man who does not say what people say will always have harvest. He said, what do people say? Four more months, then they harvest. He said, but you don't say that. Right now, as I'm talking to you, look up, not down, to the fields. A man that is front-looking, will see many opportunities that others don't see. A man who always say what people are saying, ah, it is hard, it is tough, there's no job, will always remain where he is. God cannot give you vision when you have not stretched out your eyes to see. It is principle. So if somebody is praying, God give me job, God give me job, God give me job, your attitude is not commensurate to the promise, you remember where you are. One day of your life can never be regained. One week staying alone, you can never make that money anymore. Six months, you can't make that money anymore. If you waste one year, you can never regain that one year. So a front-looking person, Jesus taught us principle, a front-looking person looks up father than others I we together now he taught a principle also when he said to peter drive your your canoe to the deep and peter says oh just just go a little bit away from the from the bank and peter said there's no fish at this time but because he said so that is somebody acting upon the word of god for provision you have upon the word of God for provision. You get it. The same thing with the area of tithing and offering. The Bible tells us very strictly. Malachi chapter nine: Will a man rob God? Yeah, you rob me. And you say, What will rob you? You say, My your tithes and my, your offerings. You say, Bring all your tithe to my storehouse. A book of record. Everybody has a book of record. Every penny you give in church is recorded in eternity. When you get to heaven, it's your account book is one of the things they first show you in heaven. But the issue is this. If somebody, therefore, is looking for mercy for supernatural provision in the house of God, and I pray, Father, open doors for me, bless my business, bless my work, bless my finance. That does not bring the blessing. What brings the blessing is that, where is your record? Angel, look, ah, Lord, he has been tithing. Okay, now this prayer he's asking for, he has fulfilled the condition. And then the father will say, okay, you go and give him the reply. But if you pray for blessing, I pray for blessing. And the angel said, uh, what is his account? Ah, Lord, on this day he robbed you. On that day he robbed you. another day, he robbed you. Maybe at that time, Zechariah chapter 4 is operating. Because there's a curse that has gone out of me. It will go to the house of a thief and also swear falsely. And the messenger of hell is devastating the person's finances. And the person is fasting and praying. Now, angel listen to the fast. Then he says, look at his record. Now, if his record is not um, faithful, how? what does angels do? They will now begin to stir up people to be telling him about the tithing. Anywhere he goes, even if he leaves the church, he goes He goes to another church. That day, will a man rob God? Yeah, you rob me. That's what they will say. If he turns television on, will a man rob God? Yeah, you rob me. If he's going in his car, when he would tune the radio, will a man rob God? Yes, he robbed me. Even God will use unbeliever to say that ah, I went to one church. They will say they are giving, I also gave my time there. An unbeliever will do it. He would so God will begin to talk because God cannot act on that prayer, because there is a bridge. It is like somebody praying for peace in his family. Okay, you have all the scriptures about peace in family. And somebody is praying for peace in family, but yet, he doesn't have patience. Every little discussion becomes a quarrel by him or her. And he's saying to God, I don't know why I don't have peace. Give me peace. He quotes the scripture of peace. Quote the scripture of peace. Angel wants to give peace, but is not giving the fruit of peace. Even when nations want to have peace, it is give and take. Isn't it? But this wasn't asking for peace. She's always right. Or he is always right. And the other party never right. How can he have peace? So we need to understand. Therefore, in prayer, we must understand the principle. But when you are praying with the understanding or with the intention to hear God, it is not the prayer of, bless me, is the prayer of seeking God. Seeking the will of God. I want to know you more. Like Exodus chapter 33, verse 13, verse 15 and 16, and verse 18 and 19. Praying to know the will of God. Praying for souls. Praying that God will lead you to people that He died for, who have been prepared for salvation. Carrying the burden of God in your heart. Sort prayer. Asking God, what is your problem, God? How can I help you? And a man helped God? Yes! In the book of Isaiah 6, it says, Who shall we send? God called the council of heaven among them. Nobody can do that job. He need a son of man. And he said, Who shall we send? Or who shall go for us? Until Isaiah's eyes was opened, that God has been crying all these days, Who shall I send? And no man had in Israel. When he hoped, he said, Father sent me. And he said, I'm a man of unclean lips. I live among unclean people. And the angel took him out of that place really because he was willing. And they took a coal of fire and placed in his hand and said, your sins have been atoned for. Now you can stand in the presence of the Holy One. If you look at the ministry of Isaiah, we call Isaiah the Messianic prophet. He is the one who saw the most about Jesus Christ. Of all prophets. I we together now. So, seeking the face of God is different from praying for breakthrough. None of you have prayed for breakthrough. You have broken through already. By what I teach you, if you do what I say, many things will happen to you, good things, which you didn't apply for. They will just be happening to you. Because that is what the Lord Jesus taught us. Listen to me, there are four brethren. To hear God, you must be in communion with Him. Let me give you two more. These two more, I have about five minutes to explain it. I've told you about operating the mind of Christ, okay? And what can help you to grow in that? The Word of God and prayer regularly. So that the things of this world will fade away from you. Second thing, I've told you, in the midst of prayer, if you're a very prayerful person, you will attract angels. And when the angels see that you're very regular in your prayer attitude, one day they will just reveal themselves to you. They will first visit you in your dreams, one time or the other, then they will reveal themselves to you. But you must be very prayerful. Then, I want to talk to you about the gift to hear God and to speak what God is saying. If you look at the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, you know these things I'm teaching you, can I just say something to every one of you? Listen very attentively. In the leaders' meeting now, we're talking about home group. And how do we help you guys in home group, whether we should give you materials, And all stuff like that. And how we came about my method of home group. Which is what I teach you now. You write down. When you go to your home group, you discuss it. Are we getting it now? So that you are more effective. Because what I teach you now, if you go home and discuss it. Several people discussing the same topic. They will come with different things. Because when I'm teaching you now, you are writing down various things. Okay? You may omit something other person may pick it up. So when you get to home group and every one of you is talking about, ah, this is what God said to me, you may say, ah, but when did he say that? Apostle did not say that? He said, he said it. This is the scripture. So you will gain from what he learned and he will gain from what you learned. At the end of the day, Satan can't face that. So our home group is not a liturgy or formality, but it is a real practicality of what we have. Like Berean Christians, says when they come, what they hear, they go home, and they search the scripture. Over what they were taught, not over something else. I we together now. So when you go home now, what do you do? Search the scriptures. All the scriptures I'm quoting in my head, you must quote it. Are we talking? I can't hear you. So that's why I'm, I appreciate that you are writing as I'm talking. If I call you to come and give reflection, you must... Talk about the things I've taught you. If I say, "Come and give reflection now on Sunday," you can't talk about uh, the resurrection of Jesus. You must talk about Holy Spirit and hearing God. Ah, huh? I can hear an affirmation of laughter at the back. Is the Holy Ghost laugh? Is that all right? That's a better way to do things. That is a way of reality. Okay. The book of 1 Corinthians 14 tells us this. Two things more and we stop. Hearing God and speaking God. Follow the way of love and negative desire, the spiritual gift, especially the gift of prophecy. So by prophecy, you speak God because you hear God. I love prophecy. What about you? I can't hear you. If you didn't call it to yourself, you won't get it too. I said I love prophecy. (laughs) Hey, I love prophecy. Prophecy is a very funny gift. Along with prophecy, I told you about the communicating gift. And I was teaching you. And I talked about the knowledge gift. I told you the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom are knowledge gifts. But in prophetic those things are used intermittently. Are we together now? Then you have the communicating gifts, the word of faith, that is speak by faith, discernment and prophecy. These three all these gifts, a prophetic gift can operate them. In prophesying, you can have a spontaneous manifestation of the Spirit and you are speaking like you are speaking in tongues. That is the gift of prophecy as en block. But when the Holy Spirit uses you in prophecy, within prophecy, Holy Spirit sometimes takes you into the gift of word of knowledge. Alright? Sometimes it takes you to the gift of word of wisdom which will give a direction to a confused person. The word of knowledge in prophecy will reveal the heart of a person. If you read that 1 Corinthians 14 to f- from verse 20, it tells you more about that. It says, that there's anybody among you who is an unbeliever and you are prophesying, the, his thoughts of his heart will be exposed and he will say, God is among you. But the gift of prophecy is a gift by the Holy Spirit that you and I can get only through prayer and covetousness. Every one of you can get that gift. Because the Bible begins by saying, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gift. Or the other translation says, covet ye spiritual gift. Especially the gift of prophecy. Why? Because the gift of prophecy builds up the church and the gift of tongue build up the man. It's a different thing. Paul said, it's better for me to build up the church, the people, than to build up myself. Because the purpose of the spiritual gift, you remember in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter uh, 12, is to profit others, isn't it? The manifestation of the spirit is given to profit others. Isn't it? So, therefore, you can get the gift of prophecy, but by prayer. Really asking, seeking, asking, seeking. When you see someone prophesy, don't look like a mystery man. Don't. Don't. I have passed that stage myself. I used to think that prophets have some strange eyes somewhere hidden, somewhere. But I recognize that when I visited prophets and they say, let us pray, they may pray for three hours nonstop. So I began to follow their pattern. And then one day I began to prophesy. And then one day I began to see. It's like television. But you are the only one seeing it. And then one day I began to know. That's word of knowledge. Somebody came to me before. And that person he was standing before me and he was lying to me. Huh? You know, he thought it's was Apostle Williams he was lying to. Huh? And the Holy Spirit took me to his town and showed me what he was saying, the truth. Okay? In the case of this man, he was lying to me that God told him to marry one of my members. Huh? And the Holy Spirit t- 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 took me to Ibadan and showed me the person that he was dating in Ibadan, a place called Ibadan. That is his town. And that person, he promised while he was leaving for England. He promised two people, really. He promised one in Ibadan, he promised one in Lagos, in a place called Ketu. But you see, in the prophetic, when the Lord took me to that place, I can see the woman and I can draw the woman if I'm a good artist. Are you with me now? That's why I said to you that in prophetic, sometime in the gifts of prophecy, sometime God will take you into a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is that one. You know, in word of knowledge, I'm not seeing vision. Because when you see vision, you see people like this. People like this. But when you know by knowledge, you will know as if you are seeing people. And you will see that figure in the world world of knowing, not in an open vision. And the world of knowing, which is knowledge, is so real, like vision. You can tell the address of a place in the world of knowing. You are not seeing it like vision. When you say vision, it's like physical eyes, it's the one seeing okay but of course it's in the spiritual you are seeing real activity like this but in the world of knowledge you know it has you know different grades you will know like i can describe this place in the world of knowledge it will be exact detail but you are not seeing the picture you are knowing this but you see these things can be gotten on your knees and your heart turning away from the things of this world and making a choice to know the things of the spirit instead of bugging your head with all these things of this world killing your mind so that the mind of christ alone can live not worrying yourself about little, little things that have no meaning what the bible calls vanity So, let's talk about let's talk about prophetic prophecy. Let's talk about the last one, verse thirteen of chapter fourteen. You see that chapter fourteen is so full of information. What does he say? Shall we read it together? So. For the reason that we should convert the gift that builds up the church. If you speak in tongues, pray for the power to interpret. I love that translation that says that you should pray for the power to interpret. And you see here that it is prayer that will bring it. Isn't it? Well, not the kind of prayer that you pray today you forget tomorrow to pray. You are not serious. If you make up your mind to pray for something, you will pray over it several in a day and you pray over it daily until it happens. That is praying. So you pray and you forget tomorrow and you pray for something and then you forget. That is not serious. You can't get it by that. So therefore, when you pray for the part to interpret, when you speak in tongues and you interpret it, knowledge is given. Then people know what God is saying. The mystery, isn't it? Because he that speak in tongues speak speak what mystery unto who what scripture tells you that? Come on now, let's speak together. Chapter fourteen What verse? You see the reason why I said that we should do this in home groups? We agree together? Do you know, let me talk about home group. You know, we have home group that we meet on Sundays. Yes? I can't hear you. If you have not joined one, maybe by next Sunday we'll get you into one. But I want you to do home groups apart from Sunday as well. Home group on Sunday, yes, you continue it. But professionals can gather together and do a home group somewhere. Without stopping the one you are doing on Sunday. You call that Bible study, isn't it? How many of you in your office, Christians gather to do Bible study? Yes, raise your hands up. In some offices, I've been to some councils to go and do Bible study for Christians. I was invited by a southern council because Muslims have their meetings in some offices and Christians also have meetings in those offices. Yeah. And, as, uh, and as Elizabeth in Shell. Shell have meetings of Christians where they meet and discuss the word of God in office during the office time. Now, in meetings like that, you will share with them what you are hearing. What happened with Dignes Elizabeth is that while they do their something the first time, the second time, by the time they did it about four times, she started having texts that your knowledge of the word is so deep. Who are you, by the way? Did you go to Bible school? She said no. She never told them that she's my daughter. Okay? Why they have heard about me and known about the church. But it's what we teach in church. that she... And when they talk about areas of course that we teach generally, when she begins to contribute, they wonder, we have a deep knowledge about this thing. Yes. Is that because in our church, our pastor, when he teaches us, he drills us. And we ask you a question, you want to answer the question. So you read and you understand it, and you ask questions too. So, look at First Corinthians again, and then don't forget it. 14, one to five or 14 explains to you details about tongues and prophecies. It says, "For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him, but he ought to ask mystery." Verse two. You know, verse one says that. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, isn't it? Come on now, church. Now, verse 3, look at what it says here. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men. So you have tongue, 2, 3, is prophecy. And this is how we can learn it and know it. Anyone who prophesies speaks to men, for they are strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. So any prophecy that does not strengthen you, encourage or comfort you, be careful about it. Is not from God. Any prophecy that is against what the Bible has said is not from God. I will talk to you about false prophets and false prophecies later. And then verse, five, verse 3 and 4. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself or builds up himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. You see, he first told you, you desire the a way of love. Okay, follow the way of love. And he got that spiritual gift. One, then two. He said that he who speaks in tongues edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Then three. He told you about prophecy. Now, he says in four. In three, what prophecy is? He says in four. He who speaks in tongues edifies himself, and he who prophesies edifies the church. And five. Shall we together? So let's stand up.